0: It feels like it's been going on a long time, doesn't it? This sheltering in place, this waiting with insufficient evidence that this will truly end anytime soon. If you're like me, you found yourself thinking, was it really just two months ago that I was going out to a coffee shop to work, meeting a random friend there and giving her a hug, and then staying for two hours in a crowded space before going home without washing my hands? What was normal and life giving then? seems unthinkable today. I released a podcast a few weeks ago about why college closures because of COVID might affect TCKs more than other populations. Then I released a more general episode on living well in a season of grief, and I've linked them both in the notes. But now that so many of us are well over two months in, I'm thinking it might be time to address living in suspension, both for the adults in the room and for the adults caring for teens and children experiencing this life upheaval in their own ways, too. How do we get through weeks that feel interminable with dwindling energy, focus, and motivation? It's all beginning to feel like a tightening, straitjacket. Is it any wonder that I had a dream last night that was a hybrid of Born Free and Forrest Gump, Me, with my 52-year-old not-quite-arthritic stride, jogging, no, sprinting across an African landscape, arms wide and head up-tilted, a la Eric Little, with a herd of gazelles straining to keep up with me. It felt like freedom. It felt like life untethered by restrictions. It felt like the person I used to be eight short weeks ago. We've likely all experienced it to some degree. The emotional and even physical bandwidth that used to get us through our days has shrunk. Our mental stamina has diminished. Even our spirituality might feel a bit withered. What was novel and intriguing early on as we adapted to the distancing now feels stale and constricting in so many ways. Platforms that used to offer diversion are now saturated with statistics my mind can't fully comprehend, and scenarios my imagination can't help but envision. So, what can we do? How can we instill into the dailiness of daily days something light enough to revive our deplenished zest, and meaningful enough to CPR our spirits back to a more buoyant breath? I have a handful of suggestions, four to be exact. And contrary to some of the encouragement you'll find in other places, they're small, tiny small. Because those exhortations to make of this quarantine your springboard to six pack abs or to woodworking wonders or a mastery of Mandarin, they'd be challenging even in a 10 weeks ago world, when tomorrow was predictable, our stomping ground was vast and our inner emotional pantries stocked with energy, ambition, and the unacknowledged blessing of normalcy. All these weeks in, the shelves in our metaphorical pantries, they feel bare, or at the very least insufficient for today. In his excellent book, Tiny Habits, B.J. Fogg shares this piece of wisdom— If you want to effectuate change, don't tell yourself that you're going to go out and start training for a half marathon. Tell yourself that you're going to put on your running shoes. That's it. And then put on your running shoes. I'll admit that I tried it. I'm no aspiring athlete, no matter what my dreams may say, but I want to be healthy. So I hunted around for my woefully underused running shoes one morning a few weeks ago. I apologized to them for being so neglectful, and I slipped them on. And when I went out to get the mail that day, I decided to take a walk around a block or two, since I had the shoes on anyway. Don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that we use our tiny, small questions to manipulate ourselves into doing infinitely more. I'm not here to Oprah you into reaching for the stars. Not when a pandemic holds our planet in its vice, reducing our energy, stifling our imagination, stunting our get-up-and-go with the daily challenges of living in an altered world. The goal here is to recover some sense of who we are on a scale adapted to our COVID reality, until our shelter-in-place lives and bandwidths expand again to a new normal. These four questions and their tiny little answers have illuminated my quarantine with small flashes of hope— the lightning bug variety that flares just long enough to remind me that there's more of the same out there if I'll just watch for it with expectation and faith. So, grab a piece of paper or a journal and jot down your answers to the following questions. And remember, tiny questions get tiny answers. So don't let yourself overachieve or impose on your weary survivor soul a challenge you won't be able to meet. Make your answers the equivalent of putting on a pair of shoes or looking out the window in search of lightning bugs. Number one, what small thing can I do today that will make me feel alive in this moment? This is going to be different for each of us, of course, but what is it that in some small way would make you feel something different than you've been feeling since this all began? What would be life-giving in even a minuscule way? Maybe it's opening all the windows for a few minutes and letting fresh air wash over your home. Maybe it's lying on the ground in the backyard, arms out wide and feeling the soft solidity of the earth beneath you. Maybe it's finding grandma's recipe for homemade biscuits or pulling out a coloring book and using bright hues to bring life to the page. Maybe it's finding an untraveled spot as you walk around your neighborhood in the evening, taking off your mask and breathing deep as the sun turns golden. Maybe it's FaceTiming someone you've missed, or watching a cartoon you used to love as a child, or putting on your favorite song and dancing like no one's watching because you're alive and it feels good to have another day. Question number two. What small thing can I do to take some of the sting out of this day? In other words, what is fueling the feelings that are getting you down? The anger, the fear, the helplessness, the frustration. I'm talking about boundaries here, and I know that establishing them and holding to them can be tough when we've been told all our lives to put ourselves last and to give endlessly for the benefit of others. Yet boundaries are essential enough to the human condition that we see Jesus himself establishing them at overwhelming moments in his life and ministry. Protecting oneself from toxic input isn't selfish. It's self-care, and it frees up the energy we might expend on unnecessary nastiness so we can use it on more important things. If your sting these days is too much news— Pick one show you'll watch and turn off the flow of statistics and projections when it's over. If it's a pessimistic friend, limit the frequency and length of your contact, or suggest to him or her what topics you won't discuss. If it's conspiracy theories or incendiary comments, step away from their source. The problem, though, is that social media right now can be a form of connection as well as vitriol. So read what is good and unfollow those whose posts are toxic, at least for the moment. You can be friends and family in real life and not have to be exposed to what they share on Twitter every day if it's sapping your optimism or stirring up your negative emotions. Honestly, some of the sting in my own days right now is telling myself that I should be doing more that I should be able to push beyond my COVID-restricted energy level and complete three days worth of tasks in one because what else do I have to do, right? Wrong. It's a self-defeating message that leads me directly into question number three. What small thing can I do to make today feel purposeful? With our bandwidth diminished by the toll of a changed life and unpredictable future, We might need to focus on bite-sized, achievable goals rather than the sky-high ideals that used to motivate us. What kind of tiny task would feed a sense of accomplishment in you today beyond those things you have to do for your job, something that might have felt trivial a few weeks ago but would feel really good to check off your list? Deciding to bring order back to your life might be too big for now, but determining to make your bed when you crawl out of it in the morning could be a tiny habit that will satisfy and soothe in these quarantine days. Doing one thing on your personal to-do list versus checking all the boxes, writing that one email you've been putting off for weeks, wiping the fingerprints off the fridge's handle, putting on real clothes before 10 a.m., changing the litter box, deleting old shows off your DVR. Note that I didn't say cleaning all the cupboards in the house or answering all the emails in your inbox or planting a whole garden or finishing an entire puzzle. In our hyper-achieving world, what I'm suggesting may feel counterintuitive. Just cleaning out one cupboard, just answering one email, just putting together the first corner of a puzzle... If there's one thing a pandemic and a quarantine do, it's sap the motivation to see the big things through. The stamina, too. So, take B.J. Fogg's theory to heart. He's a behavioral scientist out of Stanford, after all. Be satisfied with just choosing to put on a pair of running shoes. And if that's all that happens, that's okay. These aren't stunted ambitions. They're pandemic-adjusted intentions. This season is brutal in so many ways, and we need to learn to give ourselves grace. Question number four. What small thing can I do today that will connect me with God? Again, this odd new reality we're living in, it has rewired parts of our brain. Even our spirituality might feel out of sorts right now, and for good reason. Less present, more synthetic— dissatisfying so the daily habits that used to feed our souls like devotions attending church services or listening to religious podcasts they might feel savorless today so disembodied and impersonal if you're anything like me what your soul needs right now is more than well-executed streamed worship services a book on fortitude or zoom altered community all still good all still worthy, but maybe not the right nourishment for our weary, hope-sapped spirits. Tiny, small choices might be just what you need to feel connected again, in a divine, life-quenching way. Maybe it's listening to your favorite praise song, First Thing in the Morning, Arms Up and Eyes Closed. Maybe it's praying on your knees and only groans. Maybe it's thanking God for one thing you're grateful for. Maybe it's just saying, this stinks, it's overwhelming, help me to see you. And then sitting in silence, sensing that he's near. These small things, these tiny choices, they have the power to soothe that distraught little voice inside that's been saying things like, you're lazy, you're useless, you're weak, you're lost, you're purposeless, and replacing it with another voice that has seen and heard your authentic spirit and responds in love. You're scared. I get that. You're destabilized, rightfully so. You're missing all the normal you've lost, and you're doing small things because the big ones feel too huge. I know. I understand. It's enough. Now exhale and give yourself grace and rest. There's a good chance that voice, it's God's. These are the four questions that are getting me through these discombobulated days. Sometimes my answers change. Sometimes they're the same as yesterday. And sometimes I berate myself for thinking in such tiny, small ways. But this is a new world. A world that on really bad days can feel disquieting, community-depriving, routine-dismantling, inspiration-robbing, and spirit-depleting. Right now but not forever. And if narrowing the demands I put on myself in as much as circumstances allow will soothe my spirit with understanding and mercy until this is over, it seems not only good, but right for this time. So that's my encouragement as we muddle through this crisis with few certainties or predictable outcomes to try those small things that brighten your outlook with a lightning bug version of hope, That fleeting spark that will feed your sense of self, of purpose, of accomplishment, and maybe even create an appetite for more. thank you so much, friends, for listening to Pondering Purple again today. My prayer as I release this episode into the world is that it might inspire even just one of you who might be struggling right now to think smaller in order to live a bit better until this global crisis passes. May you hear God's gentle voice and sense his loving nearness even as I speak these words the psalmist wrote. He is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. As always, please make sure you check the episode notes for a link to this article and to the other resources I mentioned. And remember to spread the word about Pondering Purple in your online and offline circles. Thank you for your time.